welcome to today's episode of Juicing the Numbers, your statistics and sports podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Tracy. And I'm Corwin Heller. And it is uh, Sunday, December 19th, as we're recording this. You're listening to it on the 20th, which means Christmas time is here. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's always... I love it. it. I always find Christmas on the weekends slash New Year's on the weekend since it's not the same thing is 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 not the best vibe for me it's not it's not the greatest I would much prefer Christmas on like a Wednesday or Thursday where it's like ah this whole week is scrap like because Monday when Christmas is on Wednesday Monday is useless like everyone shows up shows up to work on Monday who's showing up on December what is that 23rd and is like oh we all mutually understand nothing is happening but with christmas not till saturday like i'm gonna have to actually work this week and that's disappointing <laughs> i have the option of taking the 23rd off like it's officially like a day that like the the site will be closed and i can you know not go to work and not do anything and just stay home or i can go in and get double pay Double. Oh, double. You take pay. double every single fucking yeah, day. Yeah, like time yeah. and a half is a conversation. Double pay is like, oh shit. Like, <laughs> I don't get paid hourly anymore, so I don't know exactly what it is, but it's fucking good. It doesn't though. matter what <laughs> yeah. it is. Yeah. <laughs> like, even if your pay blue ass and it was $9, which is below minimum wage for Jersey. So, New Jersey's minimum yeah. wage is like, what, 13 at this point, 12. So, even if it was just minimum fucking wage, we're talking like 25 bucks an hour. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna do some some rough guesstimates here on on what it would be per hour. Uh, As Corbin was just busting my balls off here for doing a rough estimate. Suck my balls. Can uh, well. Oh my god! What what the fuck did I just hit? Uh it's it would be like. I actually don't want to say because <laughs> how much I make. But I was like, gonna say like, are you really about to drop your salary on air here? Because it wouldn't be very hard to divide by two. <laughs> <laughs> fucking outrageous. Oh, that'd be really fucking funny. Anyway, yeah, so I'm going to work a long day that day. Oh, oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. That's that's a 6 a.m. start for me until maybe I'll stay till four. Dog, dog, I'm working a 14 hour shift that day. Like, yeah. oh, hell oh, yeah. It's real busy this day. I really got to make sure we're good for, you know. Because you got to think if you stay for dinner and you go out and you buy yourself like a $20 dinner, you're still turning on a profit. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, not the point <laughs> about how we steal from our companies. Um, oh, actually, uh, we had our holiday party on Thursday. Oh, I forgot and, to like, ask about this. We didn't get any like bonuses. I'll type out later. Yeah, uh, like we didn't get like a holiday bonus. Like it's a different type of structure for our company. You no, know, like corporate gift, and everyone was kind of like peeved about it. And then the next morning, they're like, "Yeah, anyone who actually went to the party last night um, can put all of those hours down as you know paid time." And like it was like a five-hour event, and it's just like, "Oh fuck!" Like, yeah, all right, we got drunk in the office, and now we're getting paid a significant amount of money for it. Yeah, let's fucking go! Like, this is great. Oh, you love to see that. That's good. That's very good. Uh, well, speaking of parties that definitely won't be happening, I guess we'll start with Kyrie Irving, who um, was planning on coming back to the NBA. And then as soon as he thought about participating in a team sport, he immediately contracted COVID. 
and entered health and safety protocols. Did he test positive or was it just like, no, dude, like you just need to enter safety protocols now because it's some other situation? I so that I actually don't know, but I, I'm also not sure how much they're able to say up front, because if you say have like a positive test, but it's the first positive test, then maybe um, maybe they don't say anything. Because I feel like that's been the trend whenever we see a health and safety that turns into a yeah, they got covid. Um, if it happens in that order, it's it. I feel like it's maybe they need to play it safe rather than say like this, this here's the reason. Um, so as far as I know, they haven't announced that it's a positive test, but I mean, the health and safety protocols are there basically because of COVID. So it's a pretty safe right. assumption. And man, in the world of sports, very little is truly predictable. Any given Sunday in the NFL, Bad teams win series all the time in the in MLB. This one everyone saw coming. This one everyone saw coming. The variants are getting more transmissible by the moment. And Kyrie plays in the, the most densely populated city in America. Yeah, like this was this also was, Kyrie Irving. I just kind of expect that from him at this point, you know? Yeah, it, it, it's tough to listen to somebody who's anti-vax and assume that they're also following all the other precautions to keep themselves. Like, there's no one out there who's like, I'm anti-vax, but I'm super pro-mask, wash my hands all the time. I don't talk to people. I social distance. I just don't want it to stick and poke. And it's like, no, whoever's like, I'm not wearing, I'm not getting my vaccine is also like masks of poison and the social distancing is to keep them from detecting the radiation in my fucking underpants. Like it's, it's lunatic, it's lunatic shit. And yeah, it's because, and you know, even, so even if Kyrie came back, right. In a world in which he comes back, he would only be allowed to play outside of New York city. And I assume then therefore only in towns that would actually let him be in the building. And I don't even know if that's a long-term viable. Like, could you imagine that the Nets ride that all the way to the uh, championship round and game seven is like not in Brooklyn? <laughs> sorry, sorry, is in Brooklyn, I should say, is in Brooklyn and he just like can't fucking play? Could you imagine that? Game seven of the NBA finals, season on the line, Nets like first championship right there for the taking Kyrie Irving came back and smashed it and uh, will not play was choosing not to play in a game seven because he doesn't want the, 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 the needle to the arm. How quickly would he go from absolute hero in the state of, in the city of New York to just the biggest villain they have? Well, you know, you got to you got to think that that's him today, because shortly after they announced that Kyrie is is going into health and safety, they announced that Kevin Durant is also going in health and safety. And. It'd be such a different story if Kyrie was was coming back, you know, vaxxed, waxed and ready to party. Uh, but instead, he, he was coming back in you know his shitty fashion to try to skirt by normal societal behaviors and that 
punch them in the gut. Cause like if they announce Kevin Durant's going into health and safety, which happens to vaccinated people, it's going to happen to vaccinated people. But Kyrie Irving's like on the wings, like, you know, ready to, to, to join back in. You can go ahead and say to yourself, all right, this fucking blows because Kevin Durant is a, you know, first ballot hall of famer, one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But Kyrie Irving, solid fucking player, you know, like top 15 in the NBA today. I'm going to just like kind of guess and say, um, you know, that's a difference maker there. And instead, like Kyrie's selfishness is not just at this point costing them Kyrie. Now it's costing them an all-star on the court, regardless of who that is. Because it's not just Kyrie doesn't get to play with KD today. Now neither of them are playing. And that's not Kyrie's fault that KD's also hitting health and safety. But it's his fault that he's not on the court to help soak up the minutes that are now being lost from a Hall of Fame basketball player, an all-star basketball player that could have that he could have helped shoulder the burden of mm-hmm. to help make it easier on the other guys that are going to have to share that burden as well. And so he's not there. I mean, like Katie's out there, got vaccinated and is playing at an MVP caliber. You know, he's the front runner for MVP in the NBA today. And yet. because of Kevin Durant forcing them to wins. Like he is dragging them kicking and screaming all the way. And it wouldn't be that difficult to have them be a very, very good team. If KD was playing the way he is and Kyrie was there to pick up some of the load, you know, the games they are dropping. All right. Maybe that's a game where Kyrie goes off or Kyrie picks up some of the slack and they're able to squeeze it out. It, you know, we don't know basketball. We're not basketball guys, you know, the way that we are football and baseball guys. I don't know the intricacies of baseball and, you know, team dynamics and the way. I, honestly, I don't know how basketball works, but I understand how team sports as a whole work. And when you have a guy of Kyrie's caliber choosing to sit out and choosing to let the team go on without him because of his own selfish reasons, tough luck. A really fucking tough look. And you know, let's take a peek at basketball standings today. I'm sure that the Nets are doing probably just fine. Uh, let's see. Yeah, they're in the they're the number one seed in the East. They have the third best record in the entirety of the NBA. Who do you think has the best record in the NBA today? Golden State. Second best. They're second um. best. Best record in the NBA today. Um, what if I told you it was the on. Phoenix I Suns? Get, okay, it's the Phoenix Suns. That was my guess. Oh, the Phoenix Suns. Hey, look at that. We're, that's right. Yeah, because I, I totally forgot they went on like a 17 game win streak at the beginning of the season or some shit like that. Are they in the bubble? Oh, uh, you know, that's only the next question for both the NBA and the NHL who are uh, going through it right now. The NHL, apparently uh, a third of the league is pausing to some extent their their games uh, because 60 players are in health and safety protocols in the NHL. And that is nearly three teams. Like if you put all those guys on one, that's nearly three entire hockey teams. And the fact that you're going to spread that out is, I mean, that while two players per team doesn't sound like a lot, that's a fucking lot. <laughs> it's not going to be that spread out. Yeah. It's not. No, um, not at all. It's 
fucking insane. Like, if you look at my fantasy team right now, there's more guys on injured reserve than are healthy. It's a tough look. And these are both leagues, NHL and the NBA, that went into bubbles two years ago when they had to basically pause their seasons in well, whatever it was, like January, February, and then pick it back up in like June, July. You know, the, NA, the NBA did a full bubble in Florida and the NHL did like pocket cities, mm-hmm. a couple different bubble cities, uh, you know, around the uh, Canada and the U.S., but regardless, like it, it, we're reaching a point where it's like, yeah, y'all better just fucking do that shit again because this is not going to get better. It's not going to get better heading into winter, and it's wild that we're having this conversation again. But he, I mean, here we fucking are. Like, yeah, you know, we were skeptical when they were going to start letting fans back into stands and shit, and then you know loosen a bunch of restrictions based on what the state guidelines were, and it worked out for a while. But you know what? Yeah, it seems like they probably should have had a pretty airtight backup plan. And if they if if they have one, now is the time to implement. Yeah, you think they have one? <sighs> so you know it. It, it's tough to to understand the difference from an outside perspective of do they have a backup plan versus is it a backup plan they realistically would actually implement? Like, it's really easy for me to say, like, oh, I spent too much money this month. Oh, well, the next month I'll just buy absolutely nothing but but food and gas and I'll save like nine thousand dollars. And you know what's tough about that? You're never going to do it. You're never going to do it. It's not going to happen. Not even selfishly. Like there's going to be something else that comes up and you'd be like, oh, yeah, I had to spend money on that. You know, it's what it is. And it's really easy if I'm an NHL exec, let's say, and I say, all right, here's our reopening strategy. We're going to make a bunch more money doing this. We're going to be able to sell tickets again. Stadiums are going to be able to sell food and drinks again. We'll be able to sell a bit more merchandise from the in-person team store, all that type of stuff. All good stuff. Here's how we're going to do it. Here are the local guidelines. We checked on all of it. Boom, bang, boom. We're prepared. And if shit goes south, uh, we'll just do the bubble thing again. How do you want to do that? Uh, well, uh, you know, uh, we'll do the bubble thing again. We'll put everyone in Edmonton. No one lives there. And, uh, and you know, the wives and kids can't come. We'll really lock it down. Keep tight lock, tight lock and key. Um, we won't even give them Zoom just in case this one's digital. And <laughs> and and we'll, we'll just finish out the season with no issues. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's great. We're definitely not doing that. So, yeah, that totally just write it down. Just put that one, lock it in, submit it. Yeah, you're good. And so it's like, is their plan realistic or is it some shit that they really don't want to have to do again? I don't know. Yes, I think it's yes. I think there's a definite plan that they would have that is feasible in theory and incredibly difficult in practice and just something they really don't want to have to go through. I think they're really hoping everyone just happens to get healthy really quickly. Which I don't think it's going to happen. Which, which really like brings us to the, <laughs> the fucking NFL's plan, which is so stupid. I'm not sure that they have a, a, an actual plan yet, but they do have, um, they did rearrange their schedule to try to accommodate the sick teams. And so, you know, they have a bunch of Sunday night games, Sunday games today, and then they're having two games 
tomorrow on Monday, and then they're having two games played on Tuesday. And, you know, the teams that have been affected are getting their games pushed back. So we talked about Raiders Browns. It was supposed to happen on Sunday. Now it's that's going to be a Monday game. Seattle, L.A. or with the Rams it was supposed to be a Sunday game. Now it's a Tuesday game. Washington also a Tuesday game. And uh, yeah, so I guess also the NFL plan is just, uh, hey, let's hope two extra days just solves all our fucking problems. We this is like the ultimate like, hey, I procrastinated writing this paper for a week. Can I have an extension? And hopefully I find the ability to do it in the next 48 hours, even though I have no intention of actually starting it. And this is what Corden and I said. Like, they're fucked. They are fucked. Because they can't just say, uh, Eagles, you have to eat the L on the, or sorry, uh, Washington, you have to eat the L on this. Eagles are getting an automatic win. Because then, well, maybe not Washington, because their whole situation is a fucking nightmare. Uh, but Rams or whatever, you know, taking an L, moving it on. We're going to give the Seahawks the dub there. It fucks everything up. And as a Jets fan, I wouldn't want that to happen either, because then the Seahawks get a better pick in the draft and we have their first round. Like the, the implications are wild. And there's it's too late in the season for them to move anything back with actual sincerity. And so here they are doing this wishy-washy bullshit. And what's funny is that if my guess, I want to hear your thoughts on it. If the teams are still experiencing large numbers of players on the COVID list, I bet they make them play the game anyway. I think there's going to be a lot of guys sitting on their couches that get signed to sit on the sidelines just to fill out that roster and get them to 46 guys. I mean, the Ravens are playing today, and they have 27 guys who are out because of injury or COVID. 27. That's a stupid fucking number. Oh, boy. Um, I think they're going to have to play the games because I just – it's either going to forfeit or you play the games with what you got. And I think none of – I don't think there's any NFL team that would be willingly – okay with you know forfeiting a game that they could feasibly play even if it is putting a hell of a lot of strain on their players so i think they play i don't think it's going to be the faces that we're used to seeing i think it's going to be a lot of guys out of nowhere and deep in the depths of you know practice squads and and the depth charts around the league and just it's going to be ridiculous i I think you're probably right. And I think, you know, the reason that that makes that so especially upsetting is because if if I'm a player on the Eagles, let's say, um, and I'm, I'm getting fucked, you know, like I got to play on Tuesday now. That's that means it's a short week turnaround, you know, like playing Monday night. Maybe it's not the biggest deal, but the problem with playing Monday night is, you know, no one practices the day after a game because you need the day off to, to rest and recuperate. And then, you know, depending on the team, they might you might give vets off on Tuesday and then you'll know, have full team practice on Wednesday. And then Wednesday, you'll really start getting into what the other team does. And, you know, you'll start, you know, showing scouting reports to your players, that type of stuff. And when you have the short week turnaround, even losing one day when you have I mean, there's so few days in a week, seven's not a lot. It really adds up and losing two days now is going to fuck shit up even farther. And if you have to end up playing the game anyway, like if I'm an Eagles player, I was supposed to play on Sunday. 
They're moving my game to Tuesday. Everyone on Washington that was sick on Sunday is still sick on Tuesday. And then the league office says, fuck you, play the game. Well, I lost two days of my recovery time, prep time, and practice time now for literally no reason. Literally. Because if you're going to tell me, go fuck yourself, play the game two days from now, just tell me to do that now. And I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of Washington players would feel the same way too. Like if half the team still fucking has COVID because all those Washington players who are healthy, I'm sure they all are expecting to play next Sunday's game and would also like to have the proper amount of recovery time and the proper amount of scouting report time and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to tell the players to play the game, do it earlier, do it sooner. They're just fucking and, with people. Right. Like, is that two days going to make a difference? Almost certainly not. You're only making it worse for everyone involved. Right. Right. Because, I mean, like, how many players even if, if uh, I don't know, let's say 20 players are on the IR from COVID. How many players have to come back in two days to make it worth it? Like, obviously, all 20. That's worth it. But like two doesn't seem worth it. I don't know how to even go about answering that question. I really don't. That's fair. Oh, it's, you know, we, we said on Wednesday or on Thursday's episode when, when that one dropped, like it, what the NFL is going to be doing in these next handful of days will be very interesting because it's it because they put themselves in such an untenable position. And so far, the answer to what have they done is not a lot and it's not good. Um, and it involved kicking the can down the road. So we will have a new answer for you next Thursday's episode about what happens come Tuesday, assuming everyone's healthy or assuming everyone still has COVID. So, man, we'll see. Not good. It's not good, Jack. Not good. Ooh, who would have thought COVID's a real thing that is affecting us? Ooh. Absolutely <laughs> wild stuff. Who would have seen this? We didn't see Delta coming. Um, Thanks, Vice President. I appreciate you just fucking with us. Uh, All right. Let's see. Oh, Urban Meyer got fired. I completely fucking forgot about that. Because it was so expected. Yeah. It's just like, oh, right. Like, that's a thing that is notable because it happened finally. Yeah. Yeah. Like, mentally for me, he got fired like three weeks ago. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. And it's not even like it was like this whole big thing. It was on a Wednesday night at 1230, just after midnight. That's bad. That's a bad time to get fired. That is a bad fucking sign. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I, uh, I wonder. Lamar Jackson officially inactive. So is he not playing? No, Tyler Huntley is at quarterback. He just threw his first incompletion. So keep that ball. Keep that ball. <laughs> you always remember your your first one. Um, fuck. What were we? Oh yeah, Urban Meyer. Um. So where does he go? Because it's not like he uh, just got fired for being bad at his job. Like NFL coaches survive constantly around the NFL after getting fired for being bad at their job. He got fired mm-hmm. for being a horrible person. Right. Um, where does he go? 
college because time and time again they've shown to not give a shit if the guy's a piece of shit. Uh, That's true. I think he'll take some time off to spend with his family, but I R. think uh, I think the second there's a high-profile coaching position that comes available, he will be leading the list. You know, it's also interesting. Interesting, funny. I don't know. Um, he got he got fired for cause, which terminates his contract. Yeah, and that means he's not getting a lot of money. Yeah, so he's not getting paid shit. Um, from that contract anymore, and you gotta wonder, like, how big was his contract at the time when he signed it? Do you remember uh, it was, offhand? It was decent. It wasn't like record setting, but it was huge. Right. Yeah, I know it wasn't like Gruden's a hundred million dollar contract, but we're all like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Um, but I I remember it being pretty big. You got a number for me? Um. Five years between ten and twelve million a year. A year, okay. So we're let, let's call let's take the low one. Let's call it 50, 50 mil. If you sign a contract for fifty million dollars, you're doing a lot of things the day after you sign that contract. Like if you handed me a contract for fifty million, I know they you know they say you shouldn't spend money you don't have. But if I'm handed an irresponsible amount of money, I'm about to go do very irresponsible things with it. Actually, I'll do some very responsible things followed by very irresponsible. Oh, of course. No, you set yourself up for the future and then set yourself up for the next 20 minutes when you're, you know, I really want a nice 80 inch TV. Sue me. Yeah, I, I, I want one of Stevie Ray Vaughan's actual guitars, like not one that looks like I want to like go find Man, one. Of I his. just I just like never would have guessed that in a million years. Like that would be nowhere like Stevie Ray, Stevie Ray Vaughan. He's like Scooby fucking dude. Stevie Ray Vaughan. <laughs> Sorry, you're saying. Uh, like he's one of the best guitarists of all time. Like that is a priceless, you know, collector's item. Nowhere on my list. Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you hand me an irresponsible amount of money, I'm going to go. I'm going to do my part as a millionaire and circulate that shit back into the economy. I'm um, spending like twelve thousand dollars on like Tiger Woods's like backup putter from like the 2009 Masters. That's what I'm spending. My that's money. what I'm saying. And you know, because yeah. the thing is, like. Obviously, they don't hand you a check for $50 million, no. but you got to think like if you're a grown man who worked at college, you probably have a decent amount in savings and you can oh, look at that money credit, as you know? expendable or yeah. you can do it on credit. And so you well, got to wonder, like, did Urban Meyer, Meyer go- who's been making 10 million a year for the past, you know, 15 years? He has some money saved up. And I, I, what I'm wondering is, you know, do you look at like, do they hand you a check for like 50 million, you know, hand you a contract for $50 million and go- I'm I'm putting I'm taking my savings I'm putting something down on, on another house I'm putting money down on the yacht I'm like I, I wonder how reckless you go with it and then find out you get fired eleven months later and you did not collect fifty million dollars and you're you know you got a, a a new mortgage looking at you like pay up bitch um like that's a much a bigger issue for guys who you know get signed or get drafted in the first round. And then are so fucking awful they get cut from their team and just like fizzle out immediately. Like, um, uh, who was the guy? Like Damon Arnett, 
Henry Ruggs, like those kind of like Henry Ruggs is going to prison. So that's a little different, but you don't have any money coming from college in the old days where, you know, NIL deals weren't, you know, a thing like you have the money you're getting from that signing bonus and from that first paycheck, that's all you got. But in your mind, you have, you know, $40 million coming your way over the next four years, you have money to spend and being financially irresponsible 20 year old kids, you go and spend that money anyway. And when you, you know, inevitably kill someone and and go to prison and get cut from your team and, you know, don't have that money anymore. I imagine you have quite a lot of payments to make. Urban Meyer, he'll be fine financially, unless he's been real fucking stupid with his money. But by all means, he should be fine. A man can hope he's not, though. But um, it'll be interesting to see how the well off. I hope he's fucked. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it would be great if his wife was like, ah, well, that sucks, there. Mr. Urban, um, I meet my lawyer. His name's go fuck yourself. His name is I'm taking half. <laughs> um, but, you know, thoughts and prayers. <laughs> the the Jaguars now will finish out their, their season with an interim coach. It really doesn't matter who it is. I could tell you a name of some defensive backs coach and you would all go. Yeah, that guy. Um, so they have an interim coach. It'll be interesting to see where they play, what they do heading into uh, the offseason since. This has been talked about a lot recently after Urban Meyer has been fired. Uh, but, you know, we've looked at a, quite a number of college coaches who have come over to the NFL recently. Not a lot of them have had success. The most Holy successful God. college coach that came over from the end into the NFL within the last decade is actually uh, Jim Harbaugh, who is not in the NFL anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's fucking what wild. Did, what year did Pete Carroll come over? Obviously, that was before 2011, which would be the 10 year mark. But Uh, I'm not I'm not actually sure. 2009. I was going to guess. Oh, nine. I'll have you look it up. So I'm looking something else up. Bitch. Fucking little bitch. I mean, Uh, Kingsbury's off to a pretty decent start already. Um, But by all means, he's. uh... Yeah, so the Jaguars lost today (sighs) to the Texans. 30 to 16. 2010, he was hired by Seattle. Just missed my 10-year cutoff. Head coach and executive vice president of football operations. Did not know he held that title. Uh, Houston has won eight straight games against Jag- the, the Jacksonville Jaguars, which is actually kind of startling because the Texans blow hot ass, too. Yeah, like that's not like the Patriots winning – Against the Jets. Straight against the Jets. Yeah, like that's that's the two worst teams in the NFL. (laughs) Man, and to lose 30 to – like losing is – I'm pretty sure the Jets lost to the the Texans. I I could be making that up. Maybe maybe they are one of our three wins. But even if they weren't, like I'm sure that game was, you know, man, like a divisional team. They're not heavy hitters. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's just – it's not good, Jim. It's not good. Um, fuck. Yeah, that's that's so anyway, Urban Meyer is gone. The NFL is probably better for it. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where he lands, if anywhere, and what we can t- decipher from that. The Jets did beat the Texans 24 14, 21 14. I can't go, read. Jets. You did it. Team. You did. You lost to the Dolphins today. 
uh, in a disappointing game, but he did it. Ah, the Jets play the Jaguars in two weeks. That'll be an interesting discussion for us. Day after Christmas. I can't wait for my gift to be crushing disappointment. So, anywho, Urban Meyer's gone. World's better for it. Oh, well. The bad man is gone. Uh, in, in other news, old guys returning to a sport, Buck Showalter will be managing the New York Metropolitans next season for reasons unbeknownst to most of us. Um, what are you going to do now, Buck? And that's part of the reason that's kind of an interest because you look at those Orioles teams and when they were good, they were good teams. They really didn't. But when they were good, they really didn't go anywhere they should have. And you could argue that's because of Buck Showalter. Like, you know, those uh, let's take a look here. The best season he had with the O's was 2014 when they won 96 games. And in 2014, let's see, what did the O's do? They finished first in the AL East. They won the division series in a clean sweep over the Tigers, three games to none, and then got swept by the wild card Kansas City Royals in four games. Naturally. Uh, and you know, look, I don't really remember the 2014 postseason well enough outside of the World Series. Even the World Series grasp is pretty tenuous at this point to recall if there's any colossal managerial mistakes in there that especially fucked them. But, you know, you had a team with some big, like, good Chris Davis, Crush Davis when he was still Crush Davis, you know, good player. Manny Machado, Adam Jones, Nick Markakis, Nelson Cruz, Jonathan Scope. You know, there's good guys on this team. Prime, Zach Britton, Wei-Yin Chen, Chris Tillman. Um, who else was actually good at this time? Kevin Gossman was figuring it out. Um, he was not good at that time. Yeah, he had a 3.57 ERA in 113 innings. I'll take that. Wow. Right? So he was good and then really bad and then really good again? And that's what I'm getting out of this, yes. I missed uh, the first part of that, his career. I, yeah, I same. was only there for the bad and then the good. Yeah, right. Uh, they also had good seasons out of like Brad Brock. Like anyway, but there's people with names we all know and love. Darren O'Day is here, and when he was still, oh my God, he had a one seven ERA that season. Fuck you. Tommy Hunter was still playing ball, um, and like no, none of those teams ever did anything. They fucking did nothing. They did absolutely nothing. And the the problem with with, with looking up. Buck Showalter and his ability to win games is that he has taken some really great teams and done, done fucking nothing with them. Nothing. <laughs>